I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors defeated the New York Knicks by a score of 117-92 to 92 at the Garden on Thursday night. It was yet another scrimmage game for the Raptors who just had a scrimmage on Tuesday, uh, you know, easily rolling the Bulls. Today, the Knicks, somehow even worse than the Bulls, even though the Knicks, this is their healthy roster. That's not like the Bulls who were, like, holding out, you know, Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen played half the game and Wendell Carter wasn't there and Chris Dunn and Otto Porter. Like, you know, like respectable-ish NBA players who sat out for the Bulls and therefore they had to play Cristiano Felicio. No, no, no. This this is the full Knicks roster, and they were they were so bad. The Knicks in the modern NBA, where teams are shooting forty threes a night and no one's blinking an eye, the Knicks only had one single three point make in the first half. The Raptors, meanwhile, had twelve three point makes in the first half, and really that last three pointer, it's like a corner three, like right before halftime, uh, on a pull up. So really, the Knicks had like no threes for most of the first half. They couldn't generate any offense. It was a very sad, sad effort by the Knicks. Who you know they're tanking. All right, we get it. But like, come on, this is this is a joke. Really, this is a joke. The Knicks had thirty six points at halftime. You know, if you want to look at it from the Raptors' perspective, uh, you know the Raptors came out and played a really uh, consistent and focused brand of defense. Now, it wasn't an intense brand of defense, but seriously, just executing, rotating for uh, you know running shooters off the line, you know, making them take the long two, which the Knicks seem to love. All the Knicks guards love to pass the open three and just step in for the long two and, and brick that. Um, you know, the Raptors, though, they played a very disciplined style of defense, and that honestly, that was enough. It wasn't even had to be high effort. It didn't have to be, you know, anything like that. It's just the Knicks, they're just, they're just so, so bad. Um, but, I mean, at least credit the Raptors for putting forth a professional effort. It's easy to lose your focus in games like this, and the Raptors didn't do that. And this is very reminiscent to uh, the game the Raptors and the Knicks played last week, last Monday, where, you know, the Raptors smacked up the Knicks and had 30-plus assists. Now, in that game, Kalari had his ankle rolled over by uh, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson was fantastic. But uh, no injuries today, thankfully, for the Raptors. And, you know, yeah, just yet another... Result. So uh, all things are very positive. First off, Kawhi Leonard didn't play. Uh, I think this was another load managing type of situation. Whatever, it's a throwaway game. OG was questionable. He had passed all the concussion tests and protocols, but apparently during you know shoot around and stuff like that, he got a little bit dizzy, and so the Raptors said, "No, you got to you know play it safe." And of course, you should play it safe when you know it's it's the matters of the head and things like this. But um, yeah, I mean. You know, those two guys weren't really missed too much tonight in the sense that the Raptors were able to just execute and perform without them. It was honestly such an easy game that Nick Nurse was, like, just experimenting stuff. Like, remember all that talk about how Nick Nurse is going to come in and be a mad scientist and do all these sort of funky things that's going to be completely different from Dwayne Casey? Well, you know, it hasn't really panned out exactly like that this year. 
But um, but I mean, in games like this against the Knicks, you might as well try some stuff. So Nick Nurse went back to that jumbo lineup with. Uh, I, I'm not even sure who's playing center. I guess Marcus All's playing center and Pascal Siakam's at three and Serge Ibaka's playing four. But that jumbo lineup, he's tried it in you know previous games for a little short spurts. The most memorable one being against the Magic, where they were just getting blown out. They couldn't control Nick Vucevic, even playing three big men. They couldn't take down Nick Vucevic. Um, but uh, but yeah, today the the jumbo lineup actually did you know. I would say it worked in terms of just, you know, they went on a 7-2 run over the span of three minutes. They, you know, forced the Knicks into back-to-back turnovers. They played zone defense. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm still not a big fan of the look, and I really am struggling to see where the Raptors would deploy that in terms of which matchups. Like, you're not going to use that ever against the Celtics. Against the Sixers, I don't know. I don't think you would use that against the Sixers much either because the Sixers, you know, they have – yeah, they have Joel Embiid, but like, you know, they they don't really play big power forwards. They they play like Tobias Harris there, or like Mike Scott. So there's no kind of point to you know, bulking up. And even the Bucks, like I could see the Bucks supersizing with like a Miritich and uh, Brook Lopez out there with Giannis, and I could see that. But I mean, like, it, it, is the point there to also go big? Like, wouldn't you rather have another wing on the floor who could match up? you know, and exploit Nikola Meritage who will be playing three in that situation. And so I'm not really sure. But at least the Raptors have this weird jumbo lineup that they can go to. Hopefully they never have to go to it because I don't think it's a very functional lineup, at least especially with basketball to play. It's played now. I just don't think you can get away with three bigs on the floor. But, you know, okay, so the Raptors went to that. They experimented. That's cool. Um, you know, the main source of offense for the Raptors in this game, as is usually the case when Kawhi Leonard sits, is Pascal Siakam, who – had 31 points tonight, had five rebounds, five assists, 11 of 19 from the field, two of six from deep, seven of eight from the free throw line, steal on a block, plus 31 in 31 minutes. Um, it's it's great to see Pascal sort of just, um, I don't even know. Basically, it's just like it's great to see him sort of unleashed in these games when Kawhi Leonard sits, right? You just want to see how much potential is there with Pascal, and like, whatever, it's the Knicks. So, you know, a lot of players can put up 31 against this Knicks team. However, it's just, it's very impressive that Pascal is able to repeatedly do this. You know what I mean? Like, every time Kawhi sits, you know, Pascal steps up. There was a crazy stat that was floating around out there on Twitter. This is from Micah Adams of uh, Global Managing Editor for International Editions at com. Okay, wow. That's a very catchy title. But uh, Pascal was plus 21 today. He has now had five games this season in which he's finished with a plus minus of plus 30 or better. That's the most in the NBA as per basketball reference. And all five of those games have come with Kawhi Leonard out of the just out with low management or injury or whatever. So, I mean, you know, Pascal is the featured guy. Like, I'm not quite sure it's going to work in a situation without all the players around him. Um, but, I mean,. It's it's very impressive, and for the people that wanted to have that most improved discussion, you know, D'Angelo Russell obviously has taken his game to the next level. He's made the All-Star game, although I will say he was an injury replacement, but still, he made the All-Star game, and he's been killing enough ladies. He's had some good moments, but, like, man, if anyone had seen that, that segment on ESPN The Jump where, you know, Zach Lowe was arguing in favor of Pascal Siakam and listed all the reasons why Pascal is the most improved player— and, like, Richard Jefferson and Trace McGrady are just sitting there laughing at him and saying how D'Angelo Russell has taken his game to a different level. It's like, are you – like, 
what what are you watching? Clearly, you're not watching Pascal Siakam. You're just re- you're really not because they're telling like, like oh you know he's a role player this and this and it's like oh it's easy to be a role player and fit doing no 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 Pascal Siakam has been the second most productive player for the Raptors all season right if you just take into the whole season into account he has been the second most productive Raptor um, he's played more games than anybody else on the roster he's only missed like one or two and um, and like you look at it like Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard have missed 40 plus games combined and who is carrying the load when those guys are you know managing their loads it, it's Pascal and and Pascal has had so many of these games where he just he just takes over and he fills in for whatever the Raptors need him to do like to to write him off as a role player is crazy because his role basically is to be a star for this team, and he's done that right, and he's improved in so many areas of his game. He's increased his scoring average from seven point three points last season to seventeen this season, right? Um, you know, he, his scoring ability has obviously improved. I mean, I don't have to tell any Raptors fan why Pascal Siakam is the most improved player, but seriously, for people to just laugh off the case and then dismiss him as a role player, like you're clearly just not watching. You're just you're just not you're just not watching. Um, Pascal was great tonight. Uh, you know, you know they went with the Kyle and Fred backcourt tonight. I, I thought um, so. The two of them didn't really shoot the ball well. Like Kyle shot three is ten, and, and Fred shot four thirteen. To be honest, the reason why they didn't shoot that well is the Knicks actually did a really good job protecting the basket, and really that came down to one guy, Mitchell Robinson who, you know, has a 7-4-4 wingspan and has, honestly, a historically great block rate for someone of his age. Um, and you can see why. I mean, the guy is freakishly long, and he's very athletic, and he's always hunting for blocks. And so uh, you, you, it's, it's hard expecting these, like, six-foot guards to go by their guys. Van Vliet, for example, crossed up, like, Kevin Knox a couple of times. But Knox is 6-9 and just recovered and blocked Van Vliet's shot anyway after getting crossed up. So... You know, those guys didn't really fully have it, but then you got a guy like Danny Green who shoots 5 of 8 from deep. I mean, Danny has just been incredible, and he's shooting like 54% from three since the, <laughs> since the, uh, the All-Star break. I mean, there used to be the whole thing about how, like, shooters who participate in three-point shootout, like they mess up their form because they're trying to tinker it, and, you know, they get it ready for the shootout, and all of a sudden when they come back, they're not as, you know, efficient and accurate. Danny, it's had the opposite effect on Danny. I feel like uh, he like, I mean, he always had a quick release, but he quickened it even more for the three point shootout. And since then, he's just carried that super quick release over to, uh, you know, to actual games. And you know, the the the, the pull up threes are really fun to watch nowadays because he'll kind of just gallop into them, and uh, the defense is like, is he actually going to take it? Is he actually going to take it? And then bam, he just he just shoots it in your face and, um. Yeah, you know, Danny has been just a godsend, but uh, his starting unit as a whole was very effective. You know, uh, Pascal plus thirty-one, Marcus All plus twenty-two, Kyle plus thirteen, Fred VanVleet plus twenty-seven, Danny Green plus twenty-four, and that, honestly, that, that's all you need. You just need your starters to build a lead. And you need your bench to hold it. Today, the Raptors bench actually did hold it. So, you know, it was a good night. Um, I thought the Raptors did a really good job of keeping Serge Ibaka engaged. Then he only had nine points in 24 minutes, but I felt like a lot of those shots he got early on. And, uh, you know, it just felt like the offense was running through him off the bench. And that's honestly how it should be. Like, you got to give Ibaka these shots just to keep him engaged, right? Like, he's too, he's been too important for the Raptors this season to uh, just forget about him, right? I mean, like, the fact that, okay, you want to start Gasol, that's completely fine. Um, Gasol is obviously, you know, his individual production might look kind of pedestrian at times, but it's undeniable that he's passed the ball really well 
It's helped everyone else shoot better on the starting lineup. That's great. But you can't you can't just give up on everything Ibaka's done for the Raptors this season. Ibaka's had a really nice year for the Raptors. Coming into the season, you know, he's he accepted the timeshare at center with Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, he was very productive during the stretch. Obviously, when JV went down, Ibaka had to extend his minutes and his production, and he had to expend a lot of energy in that sense. And he sort of just bailed the Raptors out a lot. The Raptors have had a kind of a thin front court, especially in the center spot, until Gasol came. Uh, and, you know, Ibaka just... He deserves kind of he deserves preferential treatment in in this sense, right? Like, because um, you know that Ibaka can give you great defensive production. I thought today he was very good protecting the basket. Again, it's the Knicks, but whatever. But you know, Casal like he's gonna start. That's fine. But like, you can't forget about Ibaka. You just can't forget about him. And the way to not forget about him is just to feed him a couple of early touches, get him involved in the offense. You know, he can do some things offensively. He's really improved his finishing around the basket. His hook shots a lot steadier. He's obviously got that mid-range jumper. Um, today he faked out Mitchell Robinson and got a nice drive to the rim a couple of times. So there's things that Ibaka can do for you offensively where, okay, maybe it's not necessarily the most efficient offense and maybe it's not the way the Raptors always want to play, but you give Ibaka these touches early on and then he is engaged throughout the game. He's rebounding for you. He's blocking shots. And again, it's just he sacrificed a lot for this team. You know what I mean? Like He has been a starter his entire career coming into this point. He agrees to sharing time with JV. Then Gasol comes. And now it just looks like Ibaka is just giving me the full-time bench center. And he hasn't said a single word about it, right? And he's been a complete pro about the whole thing. So the least Raptors can do is, you know, feed him some touches. And I feel like the last two games here, they've sort of found a good balance with how to keep Ibaka engaged. But that was nice to see. Jeremy, uh, man, he was having an awful, awful game in the first half. I mean, at one point he had an open corner three. And he hit the side of the backboard. And then on the ensuing possession, he fouled Dennis Smith Jr. on a pull-up jumper. Dennis Smith Jr. shot 2 of 11 today, by the way. So Jeremy gave him two free throws uh, on a pull-up mid-range jumper, which is like the cardinal sin of defense, especially in the analytics age. You just cannot foul that shooter, the DeMar foul, basically. And you, you just can't give that up. But Jeremy did recover in the second half. He finished with 12 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. I found one stretch uh, really encouraging where, you know, there was a nice, you know, bit of ball movement. Raptors overall today, thirty-two assists. Great ball movement all around. But uh, a nice bit of ball movement. Jeremy finds uh, an open look at the top of the key for three. He drills it, and the camera pans to the bench. And you got Kyle celebrating like crazy, and you got Pascal dancing, and you got Fred VanVleet shooting up threes. And you know what I mean? Like it's just nice to see the team rally around him. And uh, you know, Jeremy's obviously going through a really hard time. And I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, the Raptors are committed to him, at least at least for the rest of the season. Like, it's not like they're going to get another point guard. Um, so, you know, you might as well see what he can do. And hopefully he picks it up a little bit. He's obviously not going to factor into the playoff rotation. But still, it was, uh, you know, it's just nice that, that the team is uh, still behind him in these difficult times. But, uh, yeah, in terms of your three stars, I'm going to go with Pascal Siakam, obviously number one star. 31 points, five rebounds, five assists. A steal, a block, 11 of 19 shooting, 2 of 6. Just for just for fun, let's just look over to the Nets game. Uh, the Nets lost tonight, and D'Angelo Russell had 13 points, 6 of 19 shooting, 1 of 5 from deep, 0 of 2 from the free throw line. A guy who was taking 19 shots only got 2 free throws. Mm. Uh, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 turnovers, minus 12. Wow. It's, it's, uh, are we sure he's improved? But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Pascal gets the first star. 
Second star, I'm giving that to Danny Green. 15 points, 5 of 9 shooting, 5 of 8 from the, free, uh, from the three-point line. Four rebounds, two assists, a steal, plus 24 in 20 minutes. Just so awesome, so productive every single game. So money whenever he has an open look. It's been great to see. And then the third star, I'm giving that to Serge. 10 points, 10 rebounds, off the bench, and assists, two blocks, plus 11, 5 of 9 shooting. You know how hard it is to be a plus 11 off the bench for the Raptors these days? It's basically impossible. Um, the Raptors bench has been has just been trash. But, uh, you know, Ibaka, hopefully him going to the bench and hopefully him getting some more steady point guard production, having to play with you know, Van Vliet and Lowry more and more as the rotation shortens, hopefully that gets him going as well. But uh, it's important to keep Ibaka productive off the bench. And then in terms of your Jared Henderson award, it's definitely going to Mitchell Robinson. I mean, he was he was great tonight. Uh, first off, he didn't roll on Kyle Lowry's ankle, which is great. But uh, he had 19 points, 21 rebounds. 8-12 shooting from the field. Some crazy dunks in the fourth quarter. You definitely want to catch those highlights. And the Knicks were trying really hard to get him a 20-20 game. I mean, he obviously was only one point away from it. He got two free throws at the end there. Um, missed both of them. The Knicks, I feel like, there, I, I thought I heard some Knicks fans chanting MVP, which is just hilarious. Knicks fans, they, they do love being miserable. Um, it's truly a masochistic uh, experience. But anyway... Uh, Robinson gets two free throws. You know, there's some scant MVP chance. He misses both of them. And then he chases down his miss. This is like, well, like three seconds after the game. And then he still misses a layup. And it, just to see his dejection was hilarious because, I mean, seriously, who cares if you get 20-20 in a, you know, in a 25-point loss. But Robinson was great, honestly. His energy was giving the Raptors fits all night. His uh, shot blocking changed a lot of shots for guys like Lowry, Van Vliet, and Lynn. And uh, overall, he's pretty much the only reason to watch the Knicks these days. And we're talking about a guy who, you know, is a run-of-the-mill shot blocker type energy guy. Like, that's the main reason to watch the Knicks these days. So, it's a sad experience. Um, the Raptors, unfortunately, have to play another one of these garbage games on Saturday against the Bulls. I will be back to recap that game. And as always, a reminder to please rate and review the podcast if you enjoy it. That's the Raptors Over Everything podcast feed where you will find the Raptors Reaction Podcast after every game and also the Raptors Recap Podcast that usually comes out on Tuesday. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll be back on Saturday. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.